Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Hi, Catherine. Hi. Uh, sorry, I'm in a bad mood. I know. Um, should we get the foghorn? Maybe that would cheer you up. I know that it's cathartic and it's a little Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That might actually, this always makes me. Was it, is it a foghorn or a tuba? What, what, what is that instrument? It's a sad trombone. Oh, it's, it's just a, it's, hmm, okay. Um, I understand. Uh, so soothing. So soothing. <sighs> no, see, I'm, I'm like, no. We have no need for that right now. We need to be in solutions mode. I do agree. I mean, I think I think something I'm genuinely struggling with is uh, how to just not get bogged down because there's so much to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like sort of indulging sadness or exhaustion feels irresponsible. Yeah, <sighs> but, but that's what we're here for, right? Honestly, what pulls me through so much is hearing from people who've been listening that just is this necessary reminder that there are actual human beings out there because you don't see many people or interact with them directly. There's a feeling of throwing things into a void. Yeah. When you hear from people well, and th- that is good, even if they're like, hey, this is stupid. Why don't you learn to articulate better? Why don't you give clearer answers? Why is Catherine the funny one? <laughs> I heard Catherine has a background in musical theater. Is that true? I think we're getting that question enough that you should address it. Here's the feedback I've really been... Wait a minute, to. wait a minute. Can you... What? Can you talk about your history in musical theater? Why do you want me to talk about my history in musical theater? Well, it's relevant to what I thought we should talk about today. Oh, thank God. Are you going to lead the show today? Why don't you... You lead the show today. Okay. Well, I just want... Yeah. I just want to go through listener questions. That's why I want to ask you about your history of performance musical or uh, yeah you 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 were My, in theater a theater kid in addition to being goth i dabbled i d- i dabbled i was never a goth oh what part did you play what part did i play yeah what's an example well i mean it started out in church when you got to play like you know like a pilgrim or whatever you know in the church plays oh were church plays a thing that were a part of your... No? Yeah, well, I had to play the Holy Child pretty much every year until I turned 18. <laughs> um, <laughs> did... <laughs> could I... Uh, <laughs> okay, thank you. I needed that. I needed that. Thank you. I'm, I'm back. I was feeling <laughs> so down in that really... That really did it for me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could you sing one of the songs from one of the musicals you were in? No, I haven't sang since I was about 16. Oh, even alone? Even when in I'm your by car, myself. In your nope. truck? Mm, sometimes in cars. Okay. But never at any other time. And what I about karaoke? Today. You keep asking questions about singing. Yeah, this has been coming up, and I initially. You, thought- you like singing. You post videos on Instagram of you singing. Yeah, sometimes. Why do you do that? Mm. I don't know. 
because I'm doing it. This conversation that we've had so far, I don't know, maybe not the most useful. I'm feeling really particularly useless today. Just, you know, some days you just feel like a useless sack of shit, you know? And that's how I'm feeling today. But I think one thing, what you want to do today, and I think it's a great idea, is we're going to answer some listener questions, because that's a very clear utility for us today. Um, You're doing this column weekly now. It's called Paging the Holy Child. Not Dr. Babyface. It's Dr. Hamblin. Okay. This is a... Wait, what? What is that? That's a listener paging you. We're oh paging gosh. you. It's time for you to answer questions. Oh, man. Having You're a pager was the worst part of practicing medicine. Did you actually have a pager? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Doctors like, still did you use like also drag around a fax machine? So then, yeah. And you have to go find a landline in like you have to leave the patient's room or whatever go into a workspace find a landline the other person who paged you has to wait by that phone it just wasted so so much wait you're not as young as you look but you are young there were people still have pagers doctors still use them why um it's partly is like the system's just really slow to change and part of it is data you know privacy issues where you they really don't want you using like any platform that they use to mention even like a person's blood pressure went up you should go check them out is has to be hyper secure yeah okay anyway so you're being paged okay this question comes from tyler richter in springfield missouri he says as churches open up their doors are they risking the safety of their congregants by singing together our church announced prior to this past sunday that we would not be singing out of an abundance of caution. However, when we arrived, we were told if we were to sing, we should do so at a very quiet volume. And most people were either mouthing the words or barely producing any sound when they sang. And his question amounts to... It seems like such a surreal scene. Yeah, it's kind of eerie, right? A bunch of people singing there. Oh my God, this is like a scene from a horror movie about... The horror movie that will be made in the future about this time will have a scene of people in a church like just silently mouthing the words to a hymn. Exactly. Um, It's it's surreal. And and part of that, like, uh, the worship experience tends to be like the exaltation and singing loud and joyously sometimes. Yeah, Um, right. And that seems to be also a very risky part of this. And I, you know, globally, when you look at the number of people who practice some form of religion that congregates and does some sort of either, you know, singing or chanting or, you know, praising, yelling out, um, exclaiming things, you know, this is potentially a huge driver of transmission because it's also something that people are going to be quick to deem essential, as our president has. So it's a legitimate question of how do you do this as safely as possible? Like how does church work now? Right. For instance. So, you know coughing is bad, right? I mean, coughing spreads viruses. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about breathing? I got the whole aerosolized droplets, stuff in the air. It's coming out of your mouth. Definitely want to cover your mouth. Yeah. And and there's still a lot to be uh, understood here. But basically, you have all this mucus in your nasopharynx, and that's where the virus is hanging out and replicating. And if you sneeze there are these kind of comes out in these big droplets 
right? And those Mm -hmm. are going to fall to the ground pretty quickly. And if someone is six feet away, none of those will hit you and they'll be on the ground and it's okay. But there's some that will be projected into the air because they're so tiny, they're considered aerosolized. So they just kind of can float and linger for a long time. That happens Mm -hmm. in coughing. It's this process of force. The forcible ejection creates the aerosolization in a way that when you're, you know, breathing reels mm-hmm. calmly and quietly, um, it's just going to produce less material. So singing is, especially when you're doing it, you know, loudly and passionately, much closer to coughing than it is to just sitting quietly. Right. Um, so I know we, yeah. so there's, there was this big incident, I remember at the beginning of this in the U.S., where there was a, a choir that sang together and like, Everybody got sick and several people died. I think it was a really sad story. But, and it was right before the lockdowns, right? So we know that there was this high profile incident at the beginning of uh, singing being dangerous, right? Yeah. And and that was a case where there was one person who had some flu-like symptoms um, Mm -hmm. and attended and spread the virus to 53 out of 61 people who were at that choir practice. And, you know, that is what we were talking with Alexis um, on Monday about super spreading. And that's this is exactly how outbreaks really pick up the pace quickly is when you Mm -hmm. have not just someone spreading it to maybe a family member or a coworker, but one person infecting 53 people. And then the same thing has been observed elsewhere in Amsterdam, 102 out of 130 members of a choir got infected in Austria, 43 out of 44. And that just seems to be something really unique that you're not seeing that degree of transmission from like just people who happen to share an office, you know? Okay, so singing is really, really dangerous is what you're saying. Right, so a lot of people in a small space projecting, aerosolizing a lot and usually not having good airflow because part of this yeah. is you're supposed to be in a chamber where the sound will, you know, resonate in certain ways. It's not the same when it's done outdoors. Okay, so should people have church services outdoors? This is the kind of thing where um, I'm going to be really hesitant to adjudicate exactly at what point it becomes okay. Um, right. And what Tyler said is that his church... They've started to transition to not not just singing quietly, but having about a fourth as many people in the congregation um, Mm -hmm. come. I think the more masks you can wear, the more airflow you can have, the more outdoors it can be, as in if you could leave all doors and windows open and there's this free flow through there Mm -hmm. and you're not singing much and you're maybe gathering for less time. All of those factors are going to help and none are going to make it risk-free. 100% safe. Yeah. 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 Do you think humming could work? Could could like closed mouth humming work? Yeah. So I mean, with masks. Yeah. I of course, but it's just like people are quick to say that's just not the same experience. And for people who are devoutly religious, there's value to these acts that you can't just be like, oh, suddenly we're going to stop doing the this, or we're going to do it in a totally different way, and it's going to not change the moral or religious valence of the act at all. What's your favorite hymn? I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't name a hymn. What's yours? Well, the one that's coming to mind 
is his eye is on the sparrow. Do you remember that? Did you ever do that? I don't know his eye is on the sparrow. I probably wouldn't like it if it's about birds. <laughs> you do hate birds. Um, okay, I just Googled it. Okay, so the first version that comes up is His Eyes on the Sparrow by Lauren Hill and Tanya Blount. Can you hear it? Why should I feel discouraged? Man. Why okay. Should the this is bringing me back to Sister Act 2, which was more formative in my youth than the church. I'm going to save that for the rest of that for later. My mom used to sing that in church. Um, all right. Well, maybe that's something that people could do is is play is play music and just sort of like hum along, you know? I, I know that's not, you're, you're not going to give recommendations from a public health perspective, but I'm just thinking maybe you could play great music and sort of like hum along together or, um, you know, with masks distanced and stuff just to get the, the feeling of being... Uh, of singing together. Okay, so we have another question related to transmission. Like, singing is the most, you know, given the basics of what we understand about um, transmission, it makes sense that singing would be very dangerous, you know, or high yelling, on the list of activities. Or chanting. I mean, it's it's right. relevant to Vocalizing. The, I mean, yeah, and, and I do worry about that. Like, we talked about the protests a lot, but I do worry that in cases where people were close together and not wearing masks that, and also yelling that that didn't right. make it, uh, uh, right. you know, risky. And if, if everyone just knew that, you know, vocal volume generally is increasing risk of aerosolization, that would be hopefully helpful. Sorry, you were saying. So is this like, is this also an argument for just speaking quieter in general? <laughs> um, you know, it's a spectrum, it seems. It sounds like what you're saying is that just in general, blowhards are at much higher risk. Yeah. And um, go ahead and make a joke about how I'm at high risk. <laughs> I mean, you know. Anyway. Okay. Next question. This week, this whole thing blew up about asymptomatic transmission. And it's something we've talked about before. But we got a question about this from Lauren. Um she says, can you guys please unpack the WHO kerfluffle on asymptomatic transmission? Do you understand this kerfluffle? What is the nature of the kerfluffle? Oh, no. Kerflu kerfluffle. 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 It's French. Kerfuffle? Yeah. Is it kerfuffle? Kerfluffle. I thought it was kerfluffle. <laughs> No, you didn't. Really? Is it ker... Ker... No, it's kerfluffle. Uh, we have an episode title. Oh, no. Is it kerfuffle? Oh, my God, it's kerfuffle. I've said it wrong my whole life. I thought it was kerfluffle. Oh, my gosh. That's really great. That's... That's really uh, joyous. Okay, Thank you, moving Lauren. on. Uh, will you answer her question? Oh, the kerfuffle... 
about asymptomatic transmission. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was on Monday a comment from an official at the World Health Organization. The notoriously underfunded semi-political World Health Organization. The entity which has a budget uh, less than half that of the New York Police Department. Um, And in a news conference, one of the officials said that asymptomatic spread is, quote, very rare. Um, And that got picked up. And we should just say asymptomatic spread is the idea that someone can be showing no symptoms at all and feel totally fine and that they could be they could still be spreading. Yes. And that would also include people who never go on to get symptoms. You know, people who some people are asymptomatic always. They just kind of later test positive and never really felt anything. Or people mm-hmm. who are in an asymptomatic phase, which with any viral illness precedes the symptomatic phase. Often in many diseases, people are shedding the virus as it's replicating and they're able to spread that before um, their immune system ramps up and they start to have all these symptoms of the disease. Got it. So, so you may not know you have it but you could be contagious. Right. And we know that people in asymptomatic phases are contagious. We don't know the exact number of how many cases are spread by people who are completely asymptomatic the whole time versus people who go on to develop symptoms later versus people who are experiencing symptoms and also contagious. But the statement from the World Health Organization was revoked and um, clarified that we don't know the exact percentage. I'm not sure why they said very rare. And I think it was just a point of confusion. And we should not believe that is the case. So that prior to this week, it was known that it was possible to not have symptoms and be contagious. But we didn't know exactly how much. Yeah. Monday, a WHO official said, basically, don't worry about it. it seems very rare. And then they were like, never mind. Just go back to before where we don't really know. Right. That was sort of a blip in the news cycle that shouldn't have happened. Someone misspoke and uh, a tiny fragment of a comment was taken out of context. Got it. So if anyone took, you know, saw that and took from that the conclusion that, hey, if I feel fine, I'm probably not contagious. Therefore, I don't need to wear a mask or I don't have to be as careful or something because like I'm not feeling symptoms. So I couldn't possibly be contagious. That is incorrect. Yeah. That was a mistake. You could totally be contagious and not feel it, anything. Right. The reason that was a kerfluffle okay. is because it's a dangerous <laughs> misstatement. Um, it's really important that people recognize right. that you can be asymptomatic and spreading. And if it would be really much easier and more straightforward if we could say, as long as you don't have a cough, then you're fine. Um, you know, or if you don't have a fever, then you're not contagious. There are, you know, diseases where we can say. Like, just stay home unless you're feeling sick. Um, but this is not one of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, thank you for that clear answer. All right. The last thing we're going to do today is we have to follow up on soap. So a couple of weeks ago, Jim got in a little kerfluffle of his own. <sighs> yes. <laughs> and he was misquoted. Something he said was taken out of context. Um, I'm going to do this quickly. This is the whole background. Jim... You've written a book about skin hygiene, which is coinciding with a global pandemic. Your main message in the book is that outside of instances where we are really deliberately trying to eliminate 
viral particles in general, we actually wash ourselves too much, like shampooing every day or, you know, washing your skin with a harsh soap every day. That is really not necessary. But it's also really important in a pandemic to remember that like any part of you that could have been exposed, most likely your hands, but could be other other parts, like you definitely have to wash that as much as possible. So it's a complicated message. We wanted to to try to see if we could come up with, or if you all could come up with um, like a catchphrase that could help us explain the nuance of that message, but in a very quippy way. So we have some great, we have some great options. I'll read a smattering of ones that I liked from Timothy, clean hands, filthy body, wash your mitts, not your pits. I'm not saying not to wash your pits, but you know, anyway, it's, yeah, it works um, rhyme wise. Um, from Daniel, hands on, body off. Cryptic. Um, from Olivia, wash your bod when you want. Wash your hands every chance you've got. Great Good. Rhyme. Clear. Yep. Clear and it's a, rhyming. It's a slant rhyme, but it's good. Michael, lather body less, rub hands raw. You know. That one has kind of a, a brutal efficiency to it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I have not heard of any public health officials recommend rubbing your hands raw, but, you know, it gets it gets the idea. Yeah. From Jessia, protect your skin biome or wash your paws, lay off the bod. That's a really good one, I think. Lay wash off paws, the bod. Lay off the bod. It's a good one. From Leanne, don't be a dope. Know when to use soap. That reminds me of Dare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From Sarah, don't be haughty and overwash your body, but stick to the plan and keep washing those hands. Mm-hmm. I think you should take a couple of these because I don't even know. Okay. This was an interesting one from Aaron. Wash your hands like hell, but let your body start to smell. If that is your personal choice is the thing that I would add. Washing. This is from Sam. Washing. Mandatory for the hands, recreational for the body. Which I like the kind of um, bureaucratic nature of that one. Right. You would. I'm just saying you love bureaucracy. Uh, Courtney has hands yes, body less. That's my second favorite. Mm-hmm. My favorite is from Trilby. Wash where needed, asterisk. You need to wash your hands. And then it, there's a parenthetical with the asterisk, which says, for more info, read Clean by Dr. James Hamblin. And I like that one. Because it has a lot of grammatical um, complexity and it plugs the book. I'll allow it with no comment. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So we've done it today. I hope this has been useful. I hope everyone is like doing okay. This is a really hard time. I don't know. I would so love to get together and sing. You would love that. No, Um, wouldn't you? Even you don't like to sing, but in this moment, wouldn't that just be? No. But I think I am going to listen to more of this Lauren Hill version. Uh, why don't you do? Why don't you do the credits, Jim, and I'll and I'll play us out here. Okay. This show was produced today by Alvin Melleth. Write us at socialdistanceattheatlantic.com or call us at two zero two six four two six four eight seven. If you like the show, tell your friends and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help people find the show.
So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.